This is the Human Node Podcast. Human Node is the first crypto biometric network where one human is equal to one node. Learn how you can become a human node at humannode.io. Welcome to the fireside. Today's uh, theme, as mentioned here, is human centric decentralization. And um, I guess I'll start with a question to Dado is what is human centric decentralization and why do we believe that this is the path forward? Big well, question I, there. I don't, I don't want it to sign no. Uh, ridiculous but it's all about giving the power to the people right yeah this uh thing that's been trying to happen for at least three centuries um so if we gotta understand why are we talking about this we gotta first talk about centralization in modern decentralized networks right which are mm -hmm. uh not really decentralized. <laughs> True. <laughs> Actually, um, we had some interesting numbers there. Victor might want to share some of those numbers on how quote unquote decentralized some of these networks are. Yeah, sure. Um, well, people say that. Bitcoin is a really decentralized network because it has A, a lot of nodes, B, a lot of uh, miners all over the world who set up their equipment. Well, I would say that having a lot of nodes is cool for data availability, but it is more like saying that Microsoft is decentralized because their operating system is everywhere in the world on each computer. <laughs> and uh, if we talk about like miners, uh, usually that's uh, people who just come there for money. They usually have no idea how not only Bitcoin works or blockchain, but they have no idea how decisions are made in the network because actual decisions are always made by mining pools who tell people uh, what uh, software they should have and how they should update it in order to stay in the mining pool and still earn their money. And if we're talking about mining pools, well, in Bitcoin, it's uh, five mining pools with 55% of the network. Well, three years ago, it was just three pools. So it's improving <laughs> little by little. Oh, and uh, in Ethereum, the situation is uh, even worse. It's just uh, three of them who control over 50%. I mean, you can try and argue that miners are actually voting for mining pools with their mining power because they can just unplug and plug to another one. But the thing is that most of the mining power on those mining pools is very loyal to the mining pools because it's their own companies. And I guess if you dig deep enough, you'll learn that the mining pools are kind of owned by the same people at the end. Mm -hmm. but yeah 
basically centralization in proof they can prove work networks even biggest ones is is a very very uh hurtful thing for blockchain industry as a whole because we're making all this asset exchanges and uh state-of-the-art uh, decentralized finance applications uh, built on uh notion of decentralization but how can a thing be decentralized if a means to control it is a centralized plutocratic uh, entity uh, i guess it's a core problem that hasn't been properly addressed yet so i'm going back to in a sense our solution or i wouldn't necessarily say it's our solution but our attempt at a solution is you know one person one biometric identity equals one node equals one vote so that i mean one person can't have too much power and everybody has an equal voice you know obviously you know there will be situations you know you know with populism and you know people will be for i guess like in any uh political scene anywhere in the world there will be groups formed and certain people will vote with certain groups and uh many things may happen in the future but i guess we're at least starting with a clean slate here hoping to give more power to the people so i mean david when was it that or why was it that you came to this conclusion back in what was it, 2017 that you felt that this was absolutely something that we needed to attain I mean, even if you just compare how the power is decentralized in Bitcoin Ethereum, you would understand that even the Fed, right, is more decentralized than most of the networks. I would say even all of them because they consist of 12 banks and uh, those banks are owned by some very rich families. And um, there's at least like, 500 to 700 families owning them and which makes them really decentralized if you think about it and uh, the fed is working in a system a democratic system where like your mandate to vote is equal to your citizenship right if you're a citizen of like the united states you have a vote which equals to one and um, you can vote for whatever stuff you want and um, Proof-of-stake and proof-of-work systems are not built that way. They don't give you a mandate to vote according to your rights as a biological being. They don't. They assess only mining power and uh, uh, the amount of money that you have staked in, inside the system. So, first of all, it was not, not just about biometrics, but about understanding how can we make it possible so that um, one person has one vote um, can be done some somehow else so that one person is not able to spawn more than one node 
that was that was really the challenge. And biometrics are just the means to achieve it. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, this will continue to be work in progress uh, as we move forward. Um, what challenges do you think? I mean, uh, let's forget about all the technical challenges that we'll face along the way, you know, uh, trying to uh, keep proper civil defense and um, somehow try to fight corruption in the way, you know, what, what challenges do you see we're facing? And, you know, do you see uh, how we are operating as the answer or uh, path to the answer or how far do you think the path ahead will be? I mean, as you just stated, right, um, we're focusing on delivering like equality of voting to people that will consist in human out DAO or DAOs built on top of human out for whichever reason. But it doesn't mean that all the problems connected to the democratic systems themselves just fade away, right? To talking about corruption itself, uh, corruption is not just a technological problem, it's a problem that consists and grows out of many factors from uh, execution power, I mean, executive power, uh, morals, mm -hmm. uh, the amount of money received by the governing entities, a lot of things affected and just transitioning people to understand that, you know, e equality of voting is a very important tool in understanding how we form decentralized networks for exchanging assets is, is it's not going to solve those problems and uh, for example a problem like populism right um which is mostly dependent on the development of social media and how people can just persuade other people to um vote for them uh, for no reason mm -hmm. <laughs> these problems they just don't fade away you you'll have to ban the whole media and you know be really autocratic to try and fight it but um yeah so just out of curiosity i i know this is just brainstorming here but um what what means do we have to uh actually put it make this you know a better social experience or experiment shall we say i mean obviously the you know as we move forward and um the the numbers this year numbers of people who get involved in governance you know rises you know some some of the problems will obviously go away some of the problems will uh probably intensify but um and just just trying to think what I mean, it's, it's obvious that we need people to be part of this. We need people to be involved and, in a sense, take ownership of uh, human as we move forward. I mean, obviously, you know, as 
we mentioned in other talks, we have the concept of co-ownership where, you know, what benefits are born on uh, this network will be reaped equally amongst those who participate in the network. So I mean, you'll, you will be getting ownership as, uh, in a sense of, you know, benefits, but how do we encourage ownership in sense of, you know, putting forward, you know, your uh, work towards this or devotion or uh, simply voting? You know, what, what means we have to encourage this? How can we get people really involved in this? Um, you're actually touching upon the question of vulgar apathy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing about most of the democratic societies of modern days is they actually try to make everyone vote and they try to calculate every citizen that is coming or living in their society, which is kind of plays into hand of those who are trying to manipulate numbers for their own reasons. Because, um, like actively governing minority versus uh, like a majority of people who don't want to vote is like makes a governing system much more healthy because they're less prone to be affected by some sorry for my French bullshit uh, <laughs> from the media, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you're like a professional political scientist with knowledge of history, knowledge of uh, politology and stuff like this. Some, you know, sound bites, some banners or promises of a better future won't really affect your opinion on, on things. You use your own head to kind of govern stuff. So the, the thing I'm trying to say is that there's like a thing, thing called quorum, right? Mm -hmm. And really like, uh, is really a very crucial part of any democratic system of how this quorum is gathered uh, and uh, um, in human node uh, DAO that we call Vortex uh, for example we calculate only actively governing people like if you're not governing actively and you haven't like haven't been meeting uh, governing requirements uh, for uh, previous periods of governance, then you don't get to vote. Or no, you can vote, but if you don't, you won't be calculated for a quorum. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, only those who were actually governing before will be calculated in the quorum to get a proposal um, accepted or declined. And that's like, I, I think it's a very important thing in any governing system. Like, don't give a vote to those who don't want to vote. But if they want to, they can come and vote. That's the thing. Hmm. Just to summarize, yeah, it's uh, like fighting two problems here. First one is uh, populism. And when you make everybody obliged to vote, that's what happens. Because people don't want to, and they just uh, go after the easiest and the most shiny authority that they found and go vote because they have to. And uh, the other thing is voter apathy is not a problem when your system is prepared for the fact that most of the people don't have enough knowledge uh, or motivation to vote. Hmm. So, um, 
Ah, let's actually, we're just about a little past 15 minutes in. Uh, before we move forward, if anybody wants to ask any questions here concerning this topic, uh, please raise your hand and we'd like to accept any questions or thoughts at this stage. And don't be shy. Ah, I guess we have a very shy crowd today. Yeah. So, um, Victor, you know, when, when you're first, you know, talking with Dado here, uh, talking about the issue of, uh, centralized decentralized networks you know what what were the you know initial thoughts going through your mind when you first came up with the idea of creating a truly one person or one node one vote system well uh, that's actually a question for dato <laughs> i was in the same room that day but it wasn't me. Oh, I mean, we, uh, when, when obviously Dotto thought of it as like, hey, Victor, what huh? about this? Oh, was uh, it, what was, were my thoughts? Like that? The, the thoughts were, yeah, it's totally the way that uh, how we should live perfectly someday in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thoughts of myself. No, you see, like, it, it just if you try to analyze how proposals are made in modern decentralized networks like for example if you're you're trying to like be a part of ethereum core and you're trying to you know propose some changes write some things you gotta go if you're a newbie you won't really like have anything to say people won't even listen to you properly because there's no, there's like a disconnection between those who have access to Ethereum updates, right? And those who mm -hmm. actually write the code and uh, everyone else. Like, if you're just a node holder or miner, well, your voice doesn't really necessarily mean anything. And there's like core team of people working on stuff and updating it for everybody else. What if, what if, for example, somebody just says, oh, we don't need a transition to POS. And uh, there's like disconnection between the code and the governing entity. There's like, if, if a governing entity decides something, it happens because it has access to it, not because there's like a mechanism that, you know, calculates the democratic consensus between people and um executes it regardless of what some people think it, it just doesn't work that way the same thing about bitcoin it's just some people have the access to red posts some people don't and there's like a multi-signature divided among pools and people and they just decide either to upgrade or not and yeah and just few companies really working on those upgrades uh who have been long in the bitcoin community who have that trust to get funded to create those hardcore updates. And because of that, because of this, right, 
what what is true is that actually bitcoin and ethereum are both proof of authorities and proof of stake and proof of work is just a, a, a beautiful cover on a cake right uh, mm -hmm. full of uh, very bad things <laughs> because you're just you're just giving your money or mining equipment to let the network run but you don't have a say in it you know coming with a solution or coming with a pro fully ready proposal is not the same thing as actually brainstorming and working on on governance it's a, it's a totally different thing right where you're like working in groups you're you're discussing stuff you're having debates you're uh, you're like achieving consensus on a daily basis through uh, hard political work and other thing is just when you just create a proposal and just bring it to the table and people gotta vote so uh proof taken proof work systems are built like like the second type uh, that i just described not the first one Mm -hmm. And a proper democratic system should be working as the first time that I described. So I guess uh, it might be um, good, although I'm quite sure many here have gone over previous firesides or read material. But uh, Dado, could you briefly kind of explain the the government structure, the DAO structure? Uh, of Humanode that was designed to, as I say, help uh, combat the issues and assist in uh, bringing better proposals, shall I say, to the table? Well, yeah, we have like a system consisting of uh, different tiers of governors right mm -hmm. that we have ex extensively uh covered in the vortex podcast so i don't think that i'll i should probably go over it again hmm. just, just very briefly but... i mean there's like a tier system which opens up to governors as they govern with like every month they have a governing requirement that they have to meet and uh, mm -hmm. there's like four different tiers of first one is reached automatically when you, when you just start governing the second one is reached in one year the third one in two years the the, the fourth one in 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 four years and uh, there's also like uh, this proof of time which i just described and proof of devotion so to reach some tiers you gotta do some stuff on chain either participate in the projects in the ecosystem or make a proposal to the vortex that was accepted and um the tiers don't give you any additional voting uh, power your power remains always equal to one what it gives you is the ability to make more crucial proposals so like tier one which we call citizen has the ability to make product proposals and tier four uh, which we call uh console uh is probably able to create monetary policies and protocol changes as well as DAO changes. So that's it, that way we're kind of making sure that the most active people that have contributed the most time and they've worked and, um, you know, hard to uh, meet all the governing requirements. And at the same time, they made a proposal which was accepted. It's a lot of hard work. That's what I mean.
So we make sure that those people get like the ability to make the most crucial proposals. And that's how the system is built now, but we are already creating something new that we think will be a perfect solution for modern democratic systems. But mm -hmm. I will not say anything about it at, at this time. Okay. So basically, you know, the whole concept be behind the tier systems is that as um, the, mo the more devotion you have or the more you've worked with the system, within the system, trying to improve it, of course, your understanding of the system itself is, or the issues that you're tackling are much greater. And thus, um, in a sense, you're able to speak with, not, not sure if authority is the right word, but with at least more uh, insight on how uh, such proposals and decisions will make in the entire ecosystem. So instead of having somebody walk in saying, okay, here's a billion dollars, I now own 30% of the company or 50% of the company, therefore this is how we're going to do it. This is more of a on-hands people working from grassroots uh, up trying to shape the system to um, fit the needs of the community. The thing about Shen that this, this governing system is not really uh, rewarding, so to speak, mm -hmm. because um, you're spending your time, you're spending like your, like, like your intelligence and devotion mm -hmm. working, you know, hard, but you're not getting more money for it. And neither you're getting any more voting power for it. You're just kind of spending your own resources. But what you get is like an ability to make more crucial decisions. And it, it it's like, um, it's more of a strain than a rewarding system, really. But mm -hmm. uh, I guess governing systems should be in the hands of those who wish to govern, not for money or for, you know, stuff they receive uh, officially they they just want to govern because they want to make the system better and they want the governance to be more democratic so yeah basically vortex is built on those principles not really rewarding well in in a sense i mean any type of community building the rewards aren't necessarily you know direct monetary rewards for your work but it is often uh as the community gets better uh things in general get better which you know although it's a lot of work uh as a whole community it becomes more rewarding so yeah i i, I guess one of the um the challenges shall we say i don't know actually i don't even know if this will be a challenge it really depends on uh how many people really will sync with this type of um thought process i believe it's it's more common than we believe but um it really depends on how many people really want to uh make this 
blossom to its full potential versus people who want just, uh, how shall I say, immediate financial gain or control. So, but, but getting those people who can contribute to uh, contribute and get, get more and more involved, I guess will be, you know, one of the larger challenges, especially for um, those of us that are not really into coding, wanting to show uh, how good our coding ability is. Also, it is interesting to state that, for example, in four years' time, right? Mm -hmm. Like anyone in this in this chat, really, if you go on for four years straight, you'll have the same rights as Victor and I do, basically. That's our uh, gradual decentralization. Because uh, we as founders, right, it was a core team, have the ultimate right to create anything in human mm -hmm. order at the moment. As we have <laughs> spent quite some time and effort, you know, and proven our uh, dedication to the project. But I mean, with this year, uh, human nodes and governors who become the part of the network will have more and more rights. And um, they will have more voting rights as well to propose things that we will not be able to uh, outrule as founders. And I mean, councils uh, that will be born in four years of governance mm -hmm. will have the same voting and proposal rights as we do. Yeah. Well, you know, in a sense, I mean, that's, for me, that is what I would want. I mean, I, um, I've been in positions where I've had to be in the leadership role, and you know, in corporate entities and in other uh, NPO and entities. And once you reach that uh, higher tier, I mean, yes, monetary gains is is nice and if you're getting money for it but otherwise your biggest dream is to get people who can share share the responsibility work side by side and hopefully uh one day pass it on and let them do the hard work where you try to uh kick back a little yeah and uh i want to say that it's always really disappointing for a founder and that's the case for probably 99% of the companies when the founder uh, quits the company it's uh, almost always the end of it and uh, of course every founder wants uh, like his in our case network to be eternal which is impossible without dedicated and devoted people who believe in the same values and principles True, and more and more people to carry forward the work. I mean, the, you know, obviously the need for um, a decentralized uh, financial platform is growing by the day as the world is becoming smaller and smaller. Um, and 
you know, the reality, economic realities and whatever uh, changes. I mean, just, I, I know this is totally off topic, but uh, last week I was uh, visiting my folks and a dear family friend was in uh, dire straits because basically he had just lost his wife. He's an American living in Japan like me. He had just lost his wife and uh, had to bury her. And in order to get enough money for the funeral and to uh, buy a tombstone and whatnot, he had to transfer some of his funds from his U.S. account to his uh, Japanese bank account. And because of the new uh, quote-unquote money laundering laws in Japan, uh, every little bit of money coming in and going out of the Japanese banking system is scrutinized uh, tremendously. And although he sent money to his bank account, the bank would not release the money to himself to him until he provided them with absolute proof of why he needed that money. How and you know, it wasn't it wasn't a lot. It was something like uh, ten thousand dollars, but he had to prove every uh, cent of what this money was going to be spent for and why he needed to withdraw this money. So I had to go with him to the bank uh, you know, for translation and basically say, okay, you know, this is for the coffin. This is for the transfer of the body. This is for the funeral. And, you know, you guys, you have to uh, pry into this person's life and sorrows and, you know, decide if his reasoning is good enough for him to withdraw his own money. But anyway, I mean, through this experience, I mean, of course, he is saying there's got to be a better way to um, be able to go beyond the centralized bank systems and the, the walls that each country is creating now uh, involving finance. And since he knew that I was working on the Humanoid Project, he was like, okay, tell me, when are you guys going to go live? Because I think this will be a much better solution. Well, any cryptocurrency right now is probably a better solution than the current banking solutions. But I mean, just going through this uh, brief experience, and you know, I, I know this really doesn't have much to do with today's talk, but I mean, the conviction that new platforms, uh, fi new financial platforms for uh, a, a world that is a lot closer than the uh, than the borders that we have uh, is is truly truly necessary, and hopefully it is a system that will be controlled by uh, actual human beings that um, are trying to work to make you know this place a little better rather than just for uh, corporate gains or. Uh, specific needs of a few people in a specific country. So, and I don't know how, I, I know there's a lot of elements involved, you know, there's going to be exchanges, there's going to be a lot of uh, regulatory uh, 
issues coming up in the future, but it's my hope that we can turn the system into a system where we'll actually be able to um, use this platform wherever we go in the world, whenever we want to for our own needs and not have to worry about people saying, oh, no, sorry, you can't use a humanoid today. Um, humanoid <laughs> has, gone, has gone against uh, Starbucks. So Starbucks is no longer accepting humanoid coins. <laughs> well, this will certainly happen one day. <laughs> so, um, I, I guess here's, I'm going to open the floor again to some questions, comments, uh, whatever. I mean, somebody's here. I'm sure somebody has a question or a comment or some thoughts. Feel free to raise your hand. And we shall unmute. Or I could just randomly choose someone. <laughs> yeah, that's how you will fight voter apathy, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> for example, let's see. Just for fun. Edward, are you here today? Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm here. So, uh, it's nice joining the this is my first fire chat so uh i yeah enjoy the uh conversation that's going on maybe some some uh comments and some uh further inquiry from what dato and victor has spoken about regarding mm -hmm. the way governance work so i think reading through the white paper of human note I can say that it's one of the um, better written white papers, so it's, it's quite quite long. And then uh, the part about the vertex, especially, is very detailedly laid out. So I think uh, when it comes to implementing it, the uh, direction is also very clear. So good job on that so far for the team. Um, maybe. Uh, like to ask like what what do you see like one or two key points i mean this is op open to dato or, or victor that um the way DAOs in general are managing their you know membership or treasury that vertex specifically would like to improve upon maybe just give some general comments thank you Hmm. Well, treasury is an interesting question. Yeah, control of the money flow of the DAO. Uh, actually, what will be happening with uh, the vortex? I think it will be one of the first experiments. Is uh, usually in our governments we have a special bureaucratic authority to elect it to go over treasury to control it. And uh, in current proof-of-stake networks, uh, well, there are treasuries of uh, Cosmos and Polkadot that uh, 
really distribute uh, a lot of uh, tokens to the those who proposed and they are of course controlled by the stakers and frankly speaking the experiment that we will be doing where the treasury is controlled by all people equally will be something absolutely new uh, Edward, are you explicitly asking about the problems that we might face or how it will change the situation? Well, it will change the situation dramatically, uh, almost completely. But what will happen, it's even hard to model in the mind, you know. I don't have any examples in the history of how it was done before. Uh, probably if we look at the, you know, uh, at some of the smaller communities, there was usually either an authority or an authority chosen by one person, one vote. For example, in the tribes, this was usually the person who everybody thought uh, was uh, managing money in the most efficient manner. But overall, that, that's a great question. Uh, what do you think yourself about that? Or Shannon, any comments on it? Let's go with Edward. Edward, any comments? Um, I haven't looked really deeply into the way DAOs are managed. So I personally have not have a, a ton of experience with DAOs. Like, well, only right a few. Now Right now, it's pretty simple. It's just uh, your stake and uh, you vote by your stake. In most cases, uh, you have to have 66% uh, of all stakers to reach a quorum. And uh, that's when you approve that the money should be transferred. And then there is a multi-seek contract controlled either by those main validators or if it's the bootstrapping period of the network, it's controlled by key figures uh, creating the protocol. So in our case, it will be different. And uh, of course, uh, there will be special, you know, security triggers so that uh, the democratic voting of thousands of people won't make waste money on uh, marketing only to promote the price of the coin dato i know you need to step out shortly to go and uh, shoot some targets archery contest i believe uh but before you go do you have any other uh, comments that you'd like to, or thoughts that you'd like to uh, leave the community here with? Yeah, there's like one last thing I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. Is that um, probably the biggest difference is that even in a in a in a like country-based democratic societies, mm -hmm. it's not actually you participating in consensus. It's actually your state ID right mm -hmm. you, you you could be anyone i myself uh kind of participated into 
exams <laughs> for my friends using their like IDs, mm -hmm. which is, yeah, I mean, this sort of stuff. And the difference is that in human node, it's you biologically. It's like, it's you biometrically. It's not your state ID. And uh, that's a very big difference. Uh, when we're trying to uh, gather a quorum, or not just fake IDs, but real biometrically proven human beings. And that should really be a big difference and change in voting systems as a whole. Oh, I mean, obviously, because I mean, you are voting with or for or against, you know, real identities, not armies of clones, not big pools of money. So it truly gives the um, the chance for people to really, um, how shall I say, execute their power that they will have as actually having a voice and actually having a vote that only they can, um, in a sense, put forward. So. Oh, by the way, Edward, uh, Coming back to your question, I've got some ideas on uh, how the current treasury management in the proof of stake networks, which I assume will never really move to the human centric model that we're building here, but they could improve their own model with human centric uh, decentralization of its parts. For the treasury, it could be cool if. Uh, of course, the treasury will be controlled by the main stakers, main stakeholders. But it would be cool for them to compare and to let people signal their own thoughts in one person, one vote scheme on how the treasury should be distributed to find out if there is a severe discrepancy uh, between how the majority of people think when they vote like one human one vote and how the top validators think because uh, you know if you look at the distribution of power and proof of stake networks in some of them you will find that uh, it takes two really just two entities to decide on where the funds go yeah thanks for answering that victor i think what human node is trying to achieve is coming from a very unique perspective that which is using a lot of AI to uh, determine the liveness and that the person is really a person because like for example in a lot of ethereum projects one person can own a few ENS domains and even now with the pseudo pseudonymous uh, economy let's say somebody own 10 domain uh, 10 e ENS and then he can just uh, and and also he has a lot of capital he can just vote himself but then uh, human not solve this kind of problem so yeah looking forward yeah cool idea with the domains okay so we're down to having 11 minutes left in today's fireside 
And uh, at this point, if possible, I'd like to invite anybody and everybody to speak up. And if you could just uh, do our usual and unmute everybody here. And if anybody has any extra comments, questions, now's the time to speak up. And I, let's see, who has the power to do that? Well, uh, I failed. <laughs> you failed. Okay. So, yeah. so I have, uh, I think Dato uh, needs to do that. Unfortunately, Dato is going to go out and shoot some targets. I assuming he's shooting targets today. He said it was an archery contest. But it, yeah, well, in any case, uh, we're at this point where uh, we're just going to, uh, in a sense, end today's uh, topic uh, pretty soon and open the floor up to to whatever, but uh, Victor, I guess in closing remarks, uh, is there anything else that you would like to share concerning human-centric decentralization? Let me think about it. Well, just uh, everybody who listens to us right now, or uh, later on our YouTube, I would like you to think how it may change the space. And uh, as usually, we're still scoring a new use case every week, and uh, soon we'll be creating a special uh, topic on our forum. I would like you once someday uh, in the morning standing in the shower singing your favorite songs you will come up with any idea of how this approach of decentralization can change things around you or in our decentralized i mean not so right now but in the future more decentralized space please reach out to us yes and uh since was unable to uh unmute people's mics here. If you do have any comments or questions, do feel free to type it out in the uh, Humanode Hub, and we'll be more than happy to answer. But also, uh, just one more reminder here is that um, I, oh, it looks like people are being unmuted. Wonderful. Okay, so uh, just one more reminder here. If you would like us to discuss uh, any certain topics, if you're interested in hearing more about a specific, you know, area of humanoid, for example, you know, what are the guys uh, doing when it comes to cryptography? How is cryptography evolving? Or if you want more 
talk about uh, liveness detection or, you know, more about the Tao or anything in general, um, please ask questions or make suggestions towards, towards us. Just write it down. I mean, right now we do have this Telegram uh, channel, so feel free to suggest themes and topics here or people you would like to hear from. Uh, we'd be more than happy to invite people onto this program to to have some lively discussions here. So, yes. Ah, good, yes. Uh, I just got one comment saying cryptography would be great. And actually, that is a very hot topic right now. We, we have our cryptography team working uh, tirelessly around the clock uh trying to how shall i say find better ways to encrypt the biometric data and one of the videos that i'll be doing uh soon actually the video after this next one will be on cryptography but uh be more than happy to actually bring on some of the cryptographers into this uh program we also have them talk about um, humanoid and cryptography. So please uh, look forward to that. Yeah, in short, our cryptobiometric team is uh, making real progress lately and uh, experimenting on how to process the biometric data and uh, how to check that's a real human being in front of the camera in a completely mathematically proven secure way without losing a lot of accuracy and the results that we had just today on our experiments were really astonishing we're we were all shocked <laughs> yep so i th i think it would be a, a good uh good timing actually maybe uh the next fireside or uh the fireside after that, bring Rafa on the show and get him to uh, spill his beans a little bit and talk about cryptography. Yeah, just just came up with a little off top, but a contest for not a contest, just a, you know a poll for our community. So as we're having um, more and more use cases that we are filing internally uh, would be great you know to post the polls to the community what do they think about that particular use case how crucial is it for our industry or not uh, because there are over 10 of them already uh, what do mm -hmm. you think Shannon yeah I, I mean I think we should I mean uh, humanoid is all about really getting the community involved and actually, you know, handing this whole project over to the community. Of course, uh, we, we are part of the community, but um, really having this turn into a true community project. So, so yeah. yeah I mean, let's, just, let's... just looking for people who will take our power. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
It's like, please take her power. <laughs> Carry us forward. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be great. Create some polls and uh, start um, seeing how people, you know, what people think about the various use cases. And, you know, I mean, obviously we're going to have to decide on what what projects uh, will take priority. So gauging interest would be good. Yeah, we don't want to base it only on capitalization of those projects, but on the real value we're bringing there. Actually, there's a lot of, uh, so to say, integration, you know, uh, integration development coming right now, talking to different companies. So if you are one of those, it's time to come to us in advance so that we would design our system for a particular use case together with you. Yep. And once again, thank you everybody for joining this fireside. Our time is about up here. So um, I think this will be it for today. And I hope to see you next time too. And yes, uh, when you post those polls, don't hesitate to vote on them. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, everybody. Uh, special thanks to Edward today for joining our talk. And see you in two weeks. Okay, see you in two weeks. Once again, thank you all.